potential and possibilities, discussions with fascinating people, designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome everybody again to another episode of our show, bringing you another really fascinating guest today, helping to create uh, a better tomorrow uh, on some very unique fronts. Um, as a little background to today's show, um, mollusks uh, are the, the largest phylum uh, in the marine kingdom. It comprises about somewhere about 23% of all marine organisms out there. Um, it's divided into various groups and the, uh, the bivalves, which are uh, species like oysters and clams and mussels and scallops. We consume uh, about 15 million tons of these every year, uh, an additional 5 million tons or so of uh, cephalopods, the squids and the octopus, and uh, also actually uh, around 10 million tons of uh, the, the third class, the, uh, the gastropods, the, uh, the escargot and snails and so forth. So uh, we consume a lot of these, uh, these species. Most production uh, currently comes from aquaculture or the wild. Um, today we have the honor of being joined by Nikita Michelson, who is the founder and chief executive officer of a company called Perlita Foods, which is the world's first cell-based mollusk company. Uh, they're focused focused on developing sustainable and ethically grown products like oysters and abalone. They're ultimately contaminant-free uh, without compromising flavor or nutrition. Uh, most recently, uh, Nikita served as both the Director of Community and Director of Marketing for Sin BioBeta, uh, and they're built with biology initiative uh, and their innovation network for biologic engineers and innovators and entrepreneurs, ultimately who uh, share information, share a passion for using biology to build a better and more sustainable planet. And now she is involved in this fascinating entrepreneurial journey. Uh, Nikita has her uh, undergraduate bachelor's degree in communication from UC Santa Barbara, uh, her master's in information sciences from Albrecht University, and we are honored to have her with us today. Uh, so all that being said, welcome Nikita Michelson to our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's great having you. You know, as we were chatting beforehand, this is a this is an area of, of significant interest, not just from the biotech side, but just from <laughs> from from the fact that I love uh, I love mollusks in general uh, as a species. But um, Nikita, I I love to uh, to start things off like we typically do by handing you the floor for a little bit, uh, just to to introduce yourself a little bit more in the, in your background. Take us to uh, uh, for a few minutes on sort of who you are, where you grew up, how you got interested in in the life sciences and ultimately what what got you into uh, sort of the entrepreneurial journey that you're on now, if you would. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to tap into that a little bit. Um, so I actually grew up on the coast of Scandinavia. So, you know, my childhood was filled with 
fresh seafood like oysters or eel, crayfish, all those type of goodies. Um, but you know, today they're just increasingly hard to come by. So to me, it's very important that we still have access to these incredibly nutritious and delicious foods, just, you know, culturally important um, for many people, but also very nutritious. So that's a little bit of background of, you know, why I care about the area. Um, my journey into life sciences was a, a little bit of a roundabout way. Um, I sort of started off, like you said, with a bachelor's in communication. And so I was just naturally really good at it. I love making boring things interesting to people. I love sort of like bridging gaps between people. Um, I Shortly after I finished my degree, I realized, oh, I don't have enough science. I miss it so much. That was my focus in high school. Um, so I kind of tried to figure out how can I build upon this more? And so I found the degree information studies, which was a little more scientific. Um, you work a lot with end users and you work on different projects on sort of designing whatever it is, like a research design or some type of end product together with end users. So I work with anything from refugees uh, to recommender systems for public media. Uh, and that was very fascinating and more science, more science communication. But again, I wasn't satisfied, I wanted more science. And I was lucky enough to land a position of director marketing at Zimbabwe Beta, where I really got to work with startups. And I kind of saw, you know, my passion from an early age with, you know, seafood and just being a foodie and how important it is for our culture in Scandinavia and kind of how that is tied into science and how we can, you know, use all these incredible new technologies to make something that is, identical that is just as tasty and nutritious but doesn't rely on for instance the state of the ocean that today unfortunately is becoming more and more contaminated we have rising temperatures different things that are threatening the ecosystems there um, so those are some of the some of the background there I also have an entrepreneurial family my dad was an entrepreneur my sister is an entrepreneur so I was exposed to that uh, world from a very young age and was just fascinated by you know building something and really feeling like you have sort of some skin in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, when, when I hear journeys like yours about how, you know, you know, you're, the, the, how this passion leads you into, in this case, uh, something so innovative that uh, has the ability to change so much. So that's really, that's really very exciting. Um, Let's talk just for, you know, I, I introduced the show, you know, I mentioned a little bit about sort of uh, all the, the oysters and clams and so forth that we eat. And as you were just saying, aside from being, I agree with you, delicious and nutritious, and we can put that on the side there for now, um, you know, in reading some of the materials and preparing to, to, to talk to you for the show, you know, I, I was less aware of all the things that these species do for us out there uh, in terms of sequestering carbon, in terms of filtering water. Um, and obviously the, the the flip side of that is, as you were just saying, due to the the I'm, I'm sitting right near the ocean right now, the, the other side of the Atlantic Ocean from Scandinavia. But um, yeah, yeah, contamination, disease, everything else that's out there that they have to put up with. Talk a little bit, because we always think about sort of the, the non-food role that some of these species play. But in this case, it's very important. Uh, in a sense, going back as we get into the story of why we be nice to leave them alone so they could do that job while we figure out other ways to, to eat them. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly sort of, you know, something that we talk a lot about is this idea of thinking about, you know, animals more than just consumption and more than just food. They actually do super important tasks, like you just said, filtering water, sequestering carbon. They're what you call 
ecosystem engineers so they really help support larger ecosystems and if they if they're you know set up right and people that have educated about the complexities of building up an ecosystem sort of help set that up they you know they can really support them for a long time in the wild they actually live up to 20 years when compared to like farming we you know we, we harvest them after one or two years once they reach adult size so they really have a lot of time and work in them that they can do and happily support. I know the, the Billion Oyster Project out by Hudson Bay, um, they, they clean out the, you know, the shells and they put, they sort of help support just for the purpose of cleaning the waters. And I, they've had great success with that. So I think it's so important that when we think about animals that they do have, a lot of them have larger or bigger purposes than just being our, the, you know, food, food on our plates. Absolutely, absolutely extremely important point. Um, moving uh, now into into Perlita, you um, you know your focus, as I said at the beginning, in creating uh, you know this this important food source, uh, contamination free. At the same time, you know we're doing it ethically, sustainably, and 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 at the same time, we um, you know there is a aside from the nutrition benefit, as we were saying, they have to taste good. And in the case of um, uh, specifically in this case, I would think because you know once again, I, I love oysters and clams. Um, they not only have to taste good, but they have to feel a certain way. And we've gotten a little into um, on some of the previous shows this theme of organoleptic that you know uh, an oyster should feel like an oyster in my mouth, a piece of sushi, whatever it may be. Um, Take us a little bit. I mean, obviously, we, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the cell culture story, and we we talked a little about that before. But talk also a little bit as you're dealing here, and, and I think you have the additional level in the case of uh, species like oysters. We have a shell now. Okay, that's probably not part of the the culturing process here. But talk about a little bit about what some of the challenges uh, are in putting together, whether it's an oyster, whether it's a clam, uh, that looks like what, that material and ultimately feels like one when I ultimately am gonna eat it one day. Right, right. So for us, we have adherent cells. So they do need actually some kind of scaffold to attach to in okay. order to contain to live, which, you know, in that way we can utilize, um, you know, stuff from the plant kingdom sort of to help support the texture and the flavor. Um, so we definitely, that's sort of our strategy here to use. And you see that that's pretty common for, I see that a lot with the other startups as well, that they kind of do a similar type of hybrid product. Um, of course, there is a challenge because we are trying to, you know, make, create a whole oyster. So for us, it is, there is a bit of experimentation that goes into, okay, well, you know, which of the tissues are the most important to cultivate when it comes to flavor and texture and nutrition and those type of things. So for, we have so far isolated seven different tissue types from both wild and farmed oysters. So we had a lot, we have a lot of different things to pursue, but it definitely takes a little bit of time to figure out, okay, well, which ones are the most important to focus on? So that's a bit of a trial and error sure. area that we step into there. Absolutely. I, I, I like the theme of uh, sort of repurposing um, materials or natural biomaterials from, as you were saying, in the plant kingdom to sort of fill in the gaps for, for, yeah. for some of those uh, matrices. Yeah, exactly. Or and it, it can really help, you know, bring down the cost as well and make something that is more perhaps shelf stable. And so I think it is a great way to just make stuff last longer, make sure we have more, more supply. Fun I, I love fun the fun all everything innovation wise going on with the fungi kingdom is very fascinating as well. So oh, yeah, absolutely. No, definitely. Um, 
Nico, talk a little bit, if you would, uh, about the company. I, I know recently, I know you've been on the road a bit, uh, road showing. I know you raised some money uh, from some private equity folks. You're located down in a really hot area of, of biotech in the North Carolina sort of corridor down there. Uh, to, take up the sort of the background. You know, you have a you or the, or one of the co-founders of the company. Talk a little bit about the background of setting the company up. Uh, attracting some of these thought leaders that are in your lab right now. Uh, take us through some of the, the stories behind what's been going on when, uh, ever since you set up the company. Yeah, I mean, so we uh, launched in January this year. So mm -hmm. we're, we're still brand new. Um, you know, I have an amazing team right now. Cassie is uh, leading the science and I could not have asked for a better team. I think it's so important that when you start something like this, that you find like-minded people that are equally passionate about the, the the purpose of the company and are willing to go a little bit above and beyond, a little bit, you know, uh, with you and all the crazy ideas. Like you said, we just went on a roadshow where we had a lot of events planned in a very short period of time where everything is very last minute and, you know, last minute you're like, oh, maybe we should make our booth more interactive. Let's make a quick video, right? So we, I think we did that in I want to say like less than a week, we put together a video that we could showcase at the, the booth. So I think uh, when you're this young, it is just so important that you have, or so vital that you have a team that is agile, that is passionate, and that really knows what they're doing. And that's definitely what I feel that I get out of my, um, my science team. And as far as um, the investor community is concerned, and, and as you know, I've had uh, other cell-based uh, uh, food companies on the show and you know they come in and obviously you're just getting started but they're coming in I'm, I'm just amazed by the the checks you know I've been in the biotech space and drug development I was like wow these are very big checks that that investors are writing what's the um uh, sort of the environment out there right now in terms of uh cell cultured foods it seems pretty hot isn't it um I mean I I think it was I think right now it's slowing down I mean well it's also summer so I think yeah. every time in the, in the summer sure. well right now we're recording this in summer I don't know when it's going to be published but um, typically in the summer it slows down a little bit. I mean, I used to be on the other side of things where I would yeah. just observe and I would report on the field, which was nice. Now I'm in it and it feels a little more stressful. Um, but I think what I see a little bit now, I do think that there's also a lot of investment going into the supply chain. Yep. yep. And so that is good for us as well, because it kind of will help us bring products to market faster and cheaper. Um, so I definitely see a lot of investment going into the space and I see a lot of more companies and investment popping up within the supply chain as well. And that's so awesome to see. Yeah, yeah I, I've actually spoken to a few of them. I, I've been quite surprised because I know the, um, you know, once again, thinking back uh, 10 or 15 years or so, everyone was talking about, you know, all the cell culture capabilities going to be totally focused on on drugs. But, uh, you know, I'm running into these people, these major uh, cell culture ma contract manufacturing organizations that have cell-based meat <laughs> units now it's like wow i mean this is this has really changed a lot so that's uh that's going to be extremely useful no doubt for uh for organizations yeah. like you to as, as you say as you scale up and you do the proof of principle and you move from from the bench into sort of these larger quantities so that, that's that's exciting uh, dynamic as well and yeah, we just we just need to bring down the cost as we are basically borrowing technology from <laughs> sure. big pharma which is very pricey but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the nature of that game, but you'll you know, definitely get there. Um, you know, what was one other interesting thing. Well, a couple uh, interesting facts, and I, I, um, you know, in a previous career, I spent a lot of time in the um, the sort of the plant 
uh, biotech world. Uh, and, you know, I, we used to talk about how, you know, although there was um, only, you know, I forget what the number was, but say, you know, there's a thousand plants uh, that we actually eat uh, on this planet. Uh, there's hundreds of thousands of plant species out there. And when I was preparing for the show, I was taking a look and I didn't realize that there is estimated somewhere between um, 50,000 to 120,000 species of mollusks <laughs> alone. Now, I don't know when I go to the restaurant and they say, you know, we got some oysters tonight. They usually tell me about one or two <laughs> different species they have. Um, when you say, how do you plan for um, sort of what you're going after here? Because, you know, you're not just making oysters. You're obviously thinking about, right. you know, okay, different, you know, what, what happens, in, you know, off the coast of Massachusetts is different than what's in the ocean here in New Jersey and all that. But how do you plan for uh, sort of how you pick some of these uh, sort of when thinking of the value and the consumer at the end of the day? Right. So for us, we have decided to target something that is the most some of the most popular flavors that are okay. more palatable, so to speak. Um, but I, you know, we have of course been approached by oyster sommeliers and different people that would, are very excited about the fact that maybe we can, you know, replicate flavors that are much more rare and difficult to come by. That's something that they are very intrigued by. I just, I'm not sure how big the market is for us to target something like that. Um, but it's something that's fascinating. That's what's so exciting about, you know, this type of technology is that we can really explore, you know, making something that's rare, more common, uh, you know, make it, make a product more accessible and, and also bring a fresh uh, you know, fresh oysters with pure uh, ocean flavor to areas far from the coast. Like, we do, you don't need to be on the coastline to have this food. You can really live anywhere. We can, you know, make it anywhere. So I think those are some of the, the things that are so promising about this type of, you know, innovation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the ship from far. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a, an extremely key point. Yeah. Um, Thinking about, you know, continuing along that and just getting a little, um, once again, creative here, the, um, just like, you know, I say, I, I was working in the plant kingdom and we were creating plant-based pharmaceuticals, but also the, the ocean uh, in terms of some of these species of mollusks also creates a lot of non, or gives has given humanity and, and offers a lot of unexplored non-food uses. I was just wondering uh, at the same time that people are coming to you for um, for interesting possibilities in, in terms of the cell culture for food, any interesting uh, people ever, you know, contact you and say, hey, you know, I, I know what I'm thinking of was of course, the all the work that's been done on sea snails and painkillers. Uh, they make really power, <laughs> powerful painkillers that make the opioids uh, seem like nothing, but um, any interesting uh, non-food uses that maybe not today, but uh, maybe in the future, once you get past the, the oysters <laughs> that you're, you might be interested in focusing on? Oh yeah, like I, I definitely think that um, there's a, there's a lot of potential for us to explore those different avenues, um, whether that is, you know, some specific protein or different types of applications. Like I can see there'd be a lot of opportunity within the cosmetics world. And yep. just like you said, like the pharma world, mm -hmm. I just, we, since the cell-in hasn't been established yet, that's something that we're actively working on yep. uh, immortalizing and fully exploring what we can do. Um, it is in, it's, a, it's in the future, but in the near future. So we're not sure quite yet exactly what would be the, the next thing for us to tackle, but 
we're staying focused, but definitely not keeping our eyes closed. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, here, and, and then just, just um, leveraging off that one, and I give this one to, to everyone I have on the show in this, in this particular area, but I'll give it to you too, as well. Um, I, I'm, a billion, I'm an eccentric billionaire. I come to you. I say, you know what? I'm not interested in oysters. Here's a check for a billion dollars or whatever to support your company. I want you to make me uh, whale shark meat or giant squid or something very exotic and strange. Are you going to take my check and <laughs> would you make it for me? I think it would be silly not to. I mean, I could hire a separate team to do that with that kind of check, right? I could focus on mine and just <laughs> do a different spin out. So. Yeah. Sorry, I, I had to give you that one just because I, I think all the possibilities that uh, that these technologies can be used for. But no, it's really exciting. Um, Nick, I, I know you just came back from I, 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 a little time on the road, uh, as mentioning. Um, what else is happening hot that I might have missed? Any upcoming conferences that we can um, see you, uh, meet you at, um, other talks you're going to be giving, uh, anything else that uh, is on the burner for 2022, please take the floor and tell us about it. <laughs> well, um, I think the most exciting uh, news for us that we have, uh, we recently showcased our prototype of okay. our plant-based uh, oyster. So we, we, we're currently working on scaling that up and hope to really showcase it's, uh, you know, all the applications of it here in the, I would say early fall, probably. Um, so we can kind of showcase that. We're still working on the cell line, but we've had great success with the plant-based version and just want to bring that out to the masses as soon as possible. So that's really the focus here in the fall. And in terms of events, Nothing is on the books yet. <laughs> I, I feel like I just landed at home, but um, we, will, we will see which ones I end up uh, being at. And I really hope that uh, by the time we get to some of those in the fall, that we can actually bring out some uh, samples as well. Excellent. Excellent. And, and I, I know you just landed and I appreciate you <laughs> taking the time after that roadshow to come talk to us, but it's just a really exciting theme. Um, one last thing while I have you, what, what, what is your favorite um, Seafood. I mean, if there's one that you you couldn't, you had to, <laughs> you, you would not give up. Um, what's your, what's your favorite thing to eat that comes out of the ocean? I mean, of course it's oysters, but I gotta be honest. You know, working with them in the lab, uh, they're, they're more difficult to eat because you just you get more used to all the stuff that ends, all the gunk that ends up in them. So it is, a, it's a, it's a harder oyster to swallow. <laughs> but um, that definitely oysters are on top of my list. But I. Some of the stuff that I mentioned at the beginning as well, crayfish is near and dear to my heart. We have crayfish festival in Sweden where I grew up and um, eel. My grandma used to make fried mm -hmm. eel for us. And um, it's been many years since she actually was able to, to find it and make for us while we were home. But those are some of my favorites. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I concur with you about the oyster. So, <laughs> well, no, this is, you know, this is really uh, an exciting story. I, I really, um, I, I love when I hear uh, not just the, the beginnings of, of it and the entrepreneurial journey, but that, uh, you know, founders like you that have a passion for making this stuff happen uh, in these really unique areas. And it's just, I, I'm, uh, I wish you the best with all of this. I'm going to keep following you, and uh, and we'll obviously put the links to uh, to Perlita in the bio of the show. Um, for for everybody that is uh, going to be listening to this particular episode across the various podcast networks, or will be watching it 
on our YouTube channel. Again, you've been spending time with Nikita Michelson, founder and chief executive officer of Perlita Foods, the world's first cell-based mollusk company, uh, developing sustainable, ethical products, contaminant-free, full of flavor and nutrition. Um, Nikita, I wanna thank you once again uh, for, for taking time to, to come join us after your long road trip. Um, obviously, thank you for everything you're doing. And as we say on our show, uh, thanks for helping to create a better tomorrow for all of us through what you're doing. It's really a really exciting story. Thank you so much for having me. And to listeners that are interested in the trying our product, you can sign up for our Tasting West wait list on our website uh, so we can announce when they're happening. Awesome. I'm going right there after the show. <laughs> all awesome. right, dear. Be well. Good seeing you.